Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Friend of the Crow, Brandon Lee. You got it. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's been recording. Um, I need a starting point for uh, for what's his name? Either me or Paul. So I'm gonna count down, get some dead air. And Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul. He's our uh, he's our producer. Countdown in five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to. <laughs> The uh, the Strickland Patreon mailbag uh, episode. I'm I'm assuming it's 64. I'm Drew. I got two guests with me. To my left, he is the creative director for the Strickland, formerly, and uh, his name is uh, Stingy, aka At Though. What up, Stink? At Though. Um, <laughs> I, 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 Hey, oh, I though at though whatever same difference. Yeah, I'm alright though. That's good to hear. And then to my right, I have another person from the uh, the Strickland who I don't remember the last time he's added a a contribution to the website. <laughs> Dallas Amico, Dallas. When was the last time you uh, you had something posted on the website? Oh man, I uh, I do a really a lot of good work keeping the Discord going, keeping, <laughs> making sure there's that's re- the, reactions to everything people say. You know, I put that's, uh, that's, the, that's my job as well now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't written anything. Or yeah, it's been a little while. I've, life's been busy. Life's been yeah. busy. Before we get started, though, I have to make an announcement: the Strickland as a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a six dollar tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland every Friday that I do with Prez. You also get access to Drew, a.k.a. Doug's mailbag that he does every other week. You also get access to the Strickland Discord where the conversation never stops. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to wonderful weekly articles by Jack Hunley and Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the business. You will also get access to Strick and Roll, my solo pod, where I yell, rant, and rave about the Knicks even more. There's further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits like merchandise merchandise discounts, listening in on pod recordings as we did this past week, even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. Listen, we all can't be Schwinn who's recording three different podcasts and in the Discord 24-7. Like, we can't be this man. I I was on the live Zoom recording for the last podcast, and the dude was writing my length Discord posts while he's ranting on the podcast. I don't. He's truly a a, a basketball gift, a basketball <laughs> talent. He's he's our Skip Bayless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I in, 
I don't know that I would quite put Schwinn on that level, but yeah, yeah. That's that's the sort of air he's getting into, yeah. Schwinn Bayless. I'll put him there. Schwinn Bayless. We'll just put him there. Schwinn Bayless. <laughs> he's he's gonna be very happy to when he hears this, but he's actually not gonna listen to it. So like who are we kidding? Like he's not gonna hear. Oh no, he also listens to every basketball podcast ever made. I'm convinced of that. I don't think I guarantee I we should make a bet. Okay, what are we right doing? now? Which will be if Schwinn actually does mention this in the Discord at some time tomorrow. <laughs> I will. That has to be tomorrow. Has to be tomorrow. Has to be tomorrow. I will Venmo each of you five dollars. How about how about we make it more exciting and more interesting? We're all coffee lovers here. Oh. We've got to mail a nice set of beans to each other from local <laughs> beans. Of beans. <laughs> you know, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll, I'll get you some local, uh, some local beans from the uh, from Brookline, Massachusetts. <laughs> Need some Boston beans. Some Boston beans. It's gonna be Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> you're gonna get. You're gonna get a bag. You're gonna get a bag of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I'll mail your mom a set of beans. <laughs> All right. Um, so what we're here to do is answer your questions. Your very, very good questions that you all wrote to us. In the in the strict cord, but before we get to those questions, um, intro. Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Oh, this is the old ad read. Whatever. Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make five dollars on an NBA bet and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets instantly. Um, guys. How's that sound? That sounds pretty cool, right? I'm a gambler. I love this idea. Great. I think, uh, yeah, it actually goes really well with the the Discord too. You could get some like get an edge in the chat. Right get, there, get we go. King's edge. I got to keep reading the bold stuff. Boom! Call to action. Download the DraftKings. Uh, sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN and make $5 bet during the NBA Finals, which isn't happening, but whatever. Get uh, $150 free bets. See if the promo code works. That's And that promo code is TBPN only at DraftKings. Um, and then also, um, if you're a gambler, do the 1-800. You're equivalent to 1-800-GAMBLER. Covered all my bases. We're going we're gonna to find out if... Uh, Alex is like, you did a good job or not on that. So that's going to be another interesting. Uh, he usually tries all of the gambling numbers, right? To make sure they're the right ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he uses all the promo codes to make sure they work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Before publishing, you know. That's, that's totally fair. Um, so, yeah, there you go. I read an old thing, but DraftKings. There you go. Official sponsor of the Strickland. What's so. T- what's, what did you say? TBPN? TBPN. What the, what's that? Oh, I don't know. It's the promo code. The per promo. Code. I don't know. Ten ten bucks per night. Oh, ten bucks per night. There you go. I knew it the whole time. That was <laughs> all right, guys. So we are going to get to some mailbag questions right now, and we're going to start off with Villain X. Villain X asks us. Did anyone with the Strick or Locked On Knicks want to be at the Brunson Presser? So, guys, 
Did any of you want to be at the Brunson presser that, you know, was such a hot ticket that uh, the uh, that the media wasn't invited to? Like, did you really want to go to that? Uh, do you want me to take it? I'll, say, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, did you want to go? Uh, no. No? No. Dallas? I mean, uh, I, well, I'll just Oh, you're still talking? Okay. Still going, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you better than one-word answers just this one time. But, uh, no, I, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't want to talk to anyone for you know like no. one question, and then you get a little follow up if <laughs> if you got them going on something like, oh yeah, that's a good question. Oh, you get a little follow up. All right, now get lost. You know, unless someone you know, I don't know, someone who didn't, who also didn't get invited, but that gets paid by a dying industry to go ask lofty questions that will get. Like pretty much, whatever presser answers, <laughs> you know. Like Jalen Brunson's not going to give you something to go on. So no, not not very interested. But it would be it would be cool to go, and and see what like the little kids ask. But I, I, I'm not interested in like covering it. Dallas, are you interested in covering it? Nope, not particularly. But it would be super cool to have somebody from the Strickland who could, like, you know. We could get some press passes. That'd be pretty sweet. I could go to the uh, you know the Clippers games when they're out here, the Lakers games. We have people spread across the country. That is that'd true. Be, but we would ask sweet. the stupidest questions, though. There's, there's nothing wrong with asking a stupid question. There's like no such thing as a stupid question. Berman has made his career. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Berman made his career off these questions. <laughs> but actually, I mean, I think we would ask a stupid questions. You know, we would hive mind it and. Figure out what was important, what we wanted to know. Yeah, I mean, I've been to a few different press post game type things, and like, if you're not doing like a daily thing, like, you're not gonna get something substantive from that sort of an environment. I, I'm like, I'm much more interested in long form sort of a deal, which is why the Strickland is the best place on earth. So. Yeah, because I feel like at New York Post, right? You would have to be there, like at the practices, getting to know these guys, and then when you do the after game stuff, there's an element of like trust to actually get something or actually have something interesting to say. So, like, if we just pop in, they're just be like, yeah, "I don't, I don't care." Like, I don't care what numbers you have. Like, who is this guy? Yeah, I mean, like a lot of the the relationships you develop over multiple post game pressers is like the thing that's going to be like, "Hey, let me talk to you about that a little bit later." Mm-hmm. And like, now I'll get a, an actual answer instead of just like, well, I had twenty points tonight. I wish I could have done it on twelve shots instead of seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dallas, do you have anything else to add before I move on? Go to the next question. Great question number two comes from Bomber BCM. This ain't even a diss, but would we even talk about the Pacers? As little as the media does, if Caitlin Cooper wasn't covering them, um, yeah, pretty I would, much. I would still <laughs> talk about. I would talk about how hideous their uniforms are. I do that on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, no, Caitlin is incredible, uh, and <laughs> I know way too much about the Pacers strictly because it's, it's like it's a deep, delight yeah. to read her articles or to listen yeah. to her podcasts. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I would almost prefer not. It's like a detriment to learn about the Pacers, but I get to learn about them in a yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. 
Yeah, I'm actually like starting like now that they're tearing it down a little bit i'm starting to be more interested in what they're up to um like i'm just more i'm i'm just intrigued by the process of building up a team so i think that's kind of that's kind of interesting and then i don't know cooper does such a like she's got the you know like kind of the ability to sort of speak nuance kind of plainly without Mm -hmm. like without literally having you in the gym together like it's it's hard i mean for me like i read a lot of people that are saying this that and the other and then i'm just like all right thanks for mm-hmm. nothing but with with caitlin's work man no it, it's pretty clear like how what the word says means to the court and yeah no i wouldn't pay attention otherwise but now that they're tearing it down or almost tearing it down uh, I think the the work's probably going to be better and better. Honestly, doesn't have to ask that. Uh, can Sabonis and Turner fit together? Question anymore? Um, That's exciting. <laughs> I have to say that is pretty exciting. Yeah, but she's got that. Uh, she's got a coaching background too. Like I think, if I remember hearing correctly, her father or something was like a head coach for okay. some sort of team. So she was been in the trenches a little bit, or at least like yeah. learned straight from the trenches. You, I mean, it comes through like. I learned yeah, something every single time. I, yeah. I don't know Caitlin's story, but like, no, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah it's pretty, it's, it's pretty clear that she's like a coach's kid. Like, it's we we know. Yeah. Uh, right. Next question comes from Squeege. Who's better, one Damian Lillard with maxed out loyalty buffs, or one Emmanuel quickly juiced up on the power of prayer? <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, quickly because of the power of prayer. I mean. No, no, you're wrong. You let How Jesus, am I wrong? If you let Jesus take the wheel these days, <laughs> that fool is going to Thelma and Louise you out of this world. So Yeah, but we're all God those think. Like when you talk about the idea, like is, you know, is one of us, he is, he is a part of us. He is whole. We are, he is the universe. The universe is us type thing, you know? Nah, that, that type of thought can eat shit as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no, nah, I don't, I don't buy it. Also, right. I don't even believe in in God like that. So, <laughs> give me give me Damian Lillard all the way. My man, fuck Damian Lillard. He can't even rap. So, no, I'm going quickly with the power of prayer. Juiced up, Dame. Dallas, you're the tiebreaker. Who who are you picking? Um, I want to talk about Squeege's name. I always like to call him Squeegee in my head because it's got like the E's at the end. Um, oh, interesting. Are we, I'm pretty are we, sure it's Squeege because I asked him once, but I, you know, like with warm perm, I like to not necessarily. Oh man, I, pronounce I their names say, correctly. I, I don't think it's warm. What I don't think it's whatever. I, I've always read Matt's name as Wampy Arm. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I read it too. You go, oh, that guy, that guy, yeah, the one, the guy with the wampy arm. Yeah, wampy, wampy arm. arm. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's Matt. Yeah, he got a wampy arm. But yeah, he, I, I also, he probably uh, does too. As, as Squeege, though, it's squeege. definitely Squeege. Yeah, yeah. Squeege. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm. I'm very upset that you don't. Uh, you don't see the uh, the light within yourself like that. Excuse me. Stand <laughs> on that. <laughs> All right, our next we're, question. We're killing it this pod. This pod is this is good. I pod. mean, I'll say this before you try and <laughs> <be> <laughs> we have to go. All right, I'm listening. 
Mm-hmm. Almost out. We don't have to go anywhere. What do you got? You're the only one. Thank you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, no. So yeah. Boom. I mean, Hashem is is everything we can't know, and that's God. You can't know God. Get off my fucking stones. Man. <laughs> I'm talking about two tablets. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz, motherfucker. Juiced up, Dame. Let's go. Yeah, you got me there. I got no other counters. All right. Next question comes from ZMP323, comma, Star J Barrett Enjoyer. If a trade for Donovan Mitchell gets done and Julius is still here, then how likely do you think it is that Julius actually accepts his new role as the fourth option on this team? What do you think the best case and worst case scenarios would look like if he's still here? I mean... <laughs> the worst case could be absolutely horrendous like you have two just two guys who don't care about defense who don't, who don't run back who when they don't have the ball just sort of hold their shorts and like just stand on the yeah. wing or whatever that could be really bad but the the upside is actually kind of tantalizing like if you you know fixed julius randall's like if like you just thought of oh, him and like hit like oh, okay. this like big wing switch defender, um, you know, like if he really hit his what he could be if he really just tried <laughs> a little bit and was like connected and in the right space, which I do not, I would not bet on. Um, there's, I mean, there could be something there for sure, but I, yeah, I would not, I don't want to try that at all. I think just calling him a fourth option is a mischaracterization <laughs> of what what's happening. <laughs> in front of you right now like julius is still the first option in julius's mind right he, he did he did that all last year and i i don't see like jalen brunson introductory presser was great but guess what <laughs> you're you're not the first option is julius julius knows it julius wants jalen to know it and tibbs knows it like tibbs is is still there man and that guy if he's proven anything it's that he he loves to just try that same thing again we'll look at it later and see if it's fucked up or not you know he's not a fourth option i don't he's with he's not even mitchell he might be willing to be a a co first (laughs) willing to be a second option he's not even funny enough he's not really even cut out to be it other than like i mean especially when he's not trying on the defensive end like outside of rebounding, he's kind of bad at all the things you need to do as a not first option. Like he's not a great, he's despite his size, he's not a very good screener. Um, he doesn't really, ha- he's not an intuitive role man, you know? Um, he doesn't really, he's not a connecting passer. Like he doesn't swing the ball really well. Mm-hmm. He's not, he doesn't move it fast. He's not a good defender. He doesn't spread the floor. He's not like a catch and shoot guy. So like all the things you want, he doesn't cut well or like, you know, the, the he, things... his, cutting, his cutting is more like of a, it's like the defense, like if he tries, because like you, you see him, he can get downhill off of coming off sure. the screen so, and like, it's pretty effective, but then you're just like, well, is he going to, is he going to consistently cut? <laughs> and it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes. I, I so... guess that leads me to the, to like, so like Dallas, let's say, do you think Brunson and a pick and roll with Julius? has like the savvy to slow him down and sort of like because uh, so one thing that i really that really drives me fucking crazy 
with Julius is that he's going 900 miles an hour all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Brunson is pretty much the opposite of that. Like he's very controlled, measured, and like he's going to get where he needs to be, wherever the, whatever the defense gives him or whatever he does to the defense, he's going to get where he needs to be. And like, can they match that? Uh, two two person tempo enough to like make Julius actually slow down and do some of those things the right way because going to a screen right like no he doesn't really screen very well but sometimes he screens the living shit out of people <laughs> yeah yes absolutely. and like it's not because it's like he can't do it yeah. it's just sometimes or really most of the time yeah he's kind he of just thinking, doesn't like mm, not interested in that I think you should just give me the ball back. And I'll yeah. figure it out. And why don't you go down to the corner, cut through well, you on the side, like whatever. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, this is a great question. I mean, and uh, the, the most frustrating thing about the fact that Julius goes 900 miles an hour all the time, especially as a role man, is that his value as a role man comes from keeping the window open. You know that, that when you, when you mm-hmm. set a screen, right, you get that window between the defender, the drop big, and between... Uh, uh, the point of attack defender who's like on your hip or whatever. So you get that little window and keeping that open is what Julius needs to do because he's not a lob threat, right? He doesn't have that like vertical explosion. He's not like Mitchell Robinson or something like that. So he needs to get that window open so he can get that bounce pass, that pocket pass, but he just puts his head down and runs to the hoop um, or turns around and posts up and neither of those things. So like it's, to me, it's an awareness issue and I, maybe he could get a little bit better, but like, by now, he's been in the league for how long? And he hasn't figured out that like he's not a lob threat and that just sprinting to the hoop isn't going to get him like the ball on being pick and rolls, right? Um, he, de- he needs to keep that pocket open, and he hasn't figured it out yet. In fairness, in New York, he hasn't really had great pick and roll uh, you know, partners. There's been some decent ones on the team, but um, Alfred Payton and Kemba Walker and Alec Burks mm. have instead been his, uh, his partners. So... Uh, that's a different story. Maybe, yeah, you, next question. Holy <laughs> no. You just you, you just got to hope if he's on the team and he's playing with Brunson and they're doing the pick and roll that, you know, when Julius actually wants to free up um, someone on a dribble handoff, like a Fournier or a Bullock, where, like Stink was saying, like the guy is completely crushed and he has a clean look. You really just got to hope that he translates some of that type of energy into a pick and roll where he can at least clear out a guy and have Brunson have some room for either a pull-up three or something, right? Like That's like, <laughs> that's like just at the bare minimum that he can do. Because the idea of asking him to set this window, roll, look for the pass in the first place, because he shouldn't also be diving into it. He should be short rolling because he need, cause he's better at kicking out. Like the idea that like you want to do that for playmaking, I, it's so much responsibility that he hasn't done at all in New York. And I just, I don't think it's worth it. It's not worth the risk. Well, I, I'm really curious to see if he can set screens for like Buddy Heald next year. Uh, oh, that'd be Spring great. Him for some in games. LA or for Caitlin Cooper? Oh yeah, I'll send him to Indiana. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just get him. (laughs) Just get him off. Because also, what makes it even more frustrating is the Knicks actually have the guy who would be the quote-unquote best fourth option on the scene, which is Obi. Because Obi does literally everything you need him to be, and then he can also, if he's on fire, scale up. Like you literally have the perfect guy at the four (laughs) for this team, and he he's currently being held back. 
by Randall. Yeah. Like that's the most that's the most frustrating part because Obi does everything that you actually want with this offense. So it's I, a shame. I, I'll say to, to like one more thing, like then we can move on. But um, so like if you know if it's really a team, right? Like I really really see uh, a perfect like Mitchell Mitchell coming to the team or not aside. I think it's a really great opportunity for the team to like use Fournier and Mitchell, or sorry, Fournier and Randall, off the bench as your like co six man. Like mm-hmm. for whatever it's worth, man, that that two man game they had going toward the end of the year on offense, anyway, on defense it was terrible, but on offense, yeah, it started to really look like the nine game win streak, Reggie Bullock and Julius chemistry, right? So like. If you can bring that in off the bench and like make them run nine thousand miles an hour, and like you know whatever, we'll 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 put some points up and we'll get points put on us at the other end. But like that kind of seems like a better situation for Julius usage for me. If he could, because he he wants the ball, he is not going to be your fourth option. With Mitchell, he's going to struggle. I think mightily, like dropping to the second option. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll yep. let it go, and it's, it's, I, it doesn't look good to me. I agree with you. And like, there's all this. I mean, back when he we initially signed him, I spent a bunch of time watching Pelicans film, and I really did not like the signing because he was. I mean, he was not a first option there, right? He was very much like three, four, well, did he fourth option. He largely there too, no? Yep, he often played yeah. off the bench. But when he didn't have the ball, which was a lot of the time, because he was not used as like the primary ball handler or anything like Mm-mm. that when he was on no. the floor, he just like would stand out on the wing and like just literally stand there, not even ready for the ball really, unless like it was an action that was going to involve him. Um, and that's really what you're going to expect. Uh, so I, I hear you there. I actually really am worried. So just, I mean, getting back to the... Um, the ZMP question, um, I, it's it's a good one. There's there's like, um, uh, you know, people sometimes talk about like defense being contagious or effort being contagious, right? But I think it goes the other way too. So like, I'm really nervous about putting two guys like Julius Randle and Donovan Mitchell together, right? Like that's actually really, that's, that's kind of scary to me. Because like you do get, and we saw it last year, right? When you had mm-hmm. these lineups of like, uh, RJ, Grimes, Deuce, Quickly, whatever. You throw these guys out there, Sims, they freaking were swarming the ball and running all over the place. And these guys were just, you know, absolutely killing it. Um, but there's also this kind of, uh, you know, I think it works the other way too. Lack of effort is contagious or lack absolutely. of sort of caring about defense mm-hmm. is contagious. Um, and maybe you can survive one weak link, but you put two on the court together or even three on the court, you just start really getting into um, trouble fast, especially if you're getting into competitive, you know, playoff kind of, if you're talking about playoffs, which I don't, I don't know that we would be with Julius Randle and Donovan Mitchell together, to be honest. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> There's just so much risk involved with just keeping him. Like, even as we're like talking out all these scenarios, cause I'm thinking to myself, like, well, he could be a co-six man. And then you actually have a decent playoff line eight-man rotation the idea of obi randall mitch right the idea of like the three of them just kind of rotating the big spot and then you have fournier just rotating the wing 
with a camp like right like there's you can actually see a really shorter playoff rotation that makes a lot of sense but then it's like well no you can't risk that like you can't, you can't risk being like hey Julius you had your all NBA year you lost all your goodwill with the fans and now you got to be the sixth man right like it's it's not it's just not gonna play well well and, and that's th- why Tibbs isn't gonna do it Tibbs isn't Tibbs isn't creative like that anyway the idea of just being like oh we have three big guys let's have them all play 30 minutes because they all can play with each other nope it's not even. It's not even an idea because he'll just be like, "Well, OBS to play the five and Randall, can Randall can't play the five. And it's just like you, you realize like you're, <laughs> you're wasting a lot on offense because that was that should have been the line. That should have been a crazy lineup having Randall and uh, OBS the four five, and that really wasn't explored. If if Randall's here, he's starting and he's playing thirty six minutes as long as right. Tib- as long as Tibbs is here. Right. Yeah. Pretty easily. That's just. I mean, I just don't see. I mean. And it doesn't matter what he does on the court. It seems like I mean we saw last <laughs> we saw what happened last year. Uh, there yeah, was just matter. no attempt at any accountability or yeah. Okay, so um, <laughs> we have the next three questions are from the same person. It is from Basketball Robot, and they ask Donovan Mitchell or Jalen Brown. Stink, who are you picking? Uh, I'm going Jalen Brown. I mean, pretty easily for me, but. Uh... I'm I'm very dubious of the defensive uh, talents that Donovan Mitchell hasn't shown <laughs> in the NBA, but theoretically had as a prospect, right? Um, I mean, for me, Brown is is a two way play. If I have to choose between one of these people, like I don't want to, I don't really want to give up like the full package of whatever Danny Ainge seems to think that. That he deserves. Yeah, I, I don't think Basketball Robot was talking about that in that in that specific context. If I know this person well enough, right? Okay, <laughs> but I mean, so whatever. I, I'm I'm just kind of out on uh, on the dollar van. I'll walk. I'll get some thinking done, uh, and I'll just I'll save my little picks yeah. and my little players, and I'll figure it out myself. Dallas, who are you picking? Uh, it's a really, I think it's actually a really hard question. I'm not sure exactly what basketball robot was asking about, um, <laughs> what meant, meant by the, the question, but, um, uh, in my view, uh, like Donovan is clearly a better offensive player. Um, and he has a ceiling that is, um, you know, uh, maybe could be the best offensive player on a team that wins a championship, right? Like I, I can see that happening. Um, I do have questions about uh, the thing. The thing that I would have a question about, like I wouldn't doubt that he could do it as a scorer. The thing I'd have a question about is as a playmaker, um, because he's well, he's a like you. Some of his highlight passes are insane. The sort of passing skill he has, the ability to hit any shooter from any place on the court with these like line drive, like exactly accurate passes, is crazy. But he just doesn't make them enough. He doesn't see them. I don't know if it's not seeing them or if he just opts to, his sliders are to shoot more than pass or something like that. I, mean, um, I think I think it's de- sorry to cut you, but you know it's definitely like I think he doesn't want to see him. I think that's a lot of like Rudy. You don't really need the ball, right? <laughs> yeah. And like Mike Conley, what are you going to shuffle around there? And <laughs> like, come on, man, you're going to play old man basketball? Yeah, exactly. I mean, kind of. You know, I mean, I like Mike Conley. I think he's talented play oh well, he, he used to be pretty good but in any case um but so going back a little bit like uh things being contagious on the floor like 
you know, passing is also very contagious. So that's one of the things I really love about Obi, right? You mm-hmm. see Obi on the floor and like the ball suddenly starts to move and players are cutting and, you know, so somebody that can see the opposite corner uh, off a of pick and roll, like is suddenly like way more dangerous. Like you just think about, um, what's the guy? Pablo Prigioni, right? I mean, like, that guy came into the into the game for whatever, like ten minutes a game, and suddenly like the team was the most exciting to be all day, yep. and it's because like yeah, I might be able to make this three, which I mean probably even like, shot a pretty good percentage, right? Like at least thirty five, like at least league average, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but the point being is just like, mm, what if we can get a better one, you know? And like it just became super contagious, and then there was. Freaking uh, J.R. Smith doing anything he possibly could to pass the ball to Steve Novak. Like, <laughs> it was like so counter to his entire career arc. J.R. Smith passing to like Whitey McWhiterton, essentially, <laughs> right? Like, it didn't make any sense. But um, so to, to speak to Mitchell, right? Because that's the point, is, uh, you know, that good passing, which I would say is significantly ahead of uh, where Jalen Brown is moving. Mm, yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah, I think it can be harnessed. And, like, can his defense be harnessed? Mm, not so sure about that. I think, uh, cause, like, the thing that scares me about Mitchell, right, is that, like, Brunson's here. Okay. And then Mitchell is probably, maybe, I don't know. Probably or probably not here. Okay. But that's two, your two new additions, kind of like last year, are hiders on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. But this time, one of them isn't 6'7, right? <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's a different little equation that yep. needs, I don't know, it needs more than just like, hmm, I think I'll take that one, you know, or this guy, right? I mean, so to me, like just in a, in a vacuum, as it were, uh, I just see Brown as the two-way more versatile player because his shot making is really good, mm-hmm. and maybe his range isn't nearly as good, and um, maybe his explosion off the bounce isn't as good. Certainly, his handle is not he, as good. But, look, he could cut though, man. He yeah. moves. <laughs> he yeah. moves. That's yeah. Still, that still Absolutely. needs to have the ball move though. Which, yeah, like yeah, he could just move without the ball. Like he just moves, and it's great to watch. And if the, he the Knicks need to move it, though, that's yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, they would have to again. It's one of those things where, like, if Randall's off the team, they're not going after Donovan Mitchell. They Jalen Brown's apparently available. You slip him in. You have Brunson, Brown, RJ, Ob, Mitch. Right. That's basically five. Right. Then you have quickly coming in as like the main uh, guy at the bench. Like the ball's moving. Like, the ball's going to move with that lineup. So, like, it, it does eventually work out.